Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro at the Novacare Complex. We've got a lot for you with this episode. The NFL Draft just one week away. We will hear from General Manager Howie Roseman, Head Coach Nick Sirianni, as they address the media on Wednesday, talking about this 2023 NFL Draft. And, of course, the new contracts. It is a five-year deal through 2028. So it's six seasons with quarterback Jalen Hurts. We'll get the reaction from Howie and from Coach Nick. I'm joined in studio by the great, the legendary, uh, ready for season number... 47. 47, the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles, Merrill Reese, whom I've spoken to very little with since Super Bowl 57. Merrill, first, how are you? And thanks so much for joining me. I'm always happy to join you, and I am well and anxious for the draft. All right, Merrill, let's, let's begin with February 12th and your recovery from the Super Bowl and your thoughts on the game. Uh, I know you've got some draft notes in front of you. I always you, you nailed Jordan Davis last year. You were the first one to really endorse, I will tell you, Jalen Hurts, so we want to talk about that. But um, Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs, what are your takeaways? How was your recovery, your thoughts on the game? Well, it was a great game. It was a great, compelling Super Bowl, except the wrong team won. That's, that's that's the only thing I can say. The wrong team won. And you can look at a lot of different aspects of the game. Uh, as great as Jalen played, and I thought he outplayed Patrick Mahomes, the scoop and score uh, settled the game right then and there. If you look at the point differential, you could say the, uh, the punt return late in the game had a huge effect. But it was a great, great game, and I remain proud of the Eagles the way they played throughout the season and the way they played on football's biggest stage. What was your call in the booth late fourth quarter penalty on James Bradbury? How did you how did you respond? That it was a penalty. Uh, I didn't yell that it was outrageous. It was a penalty. And when I looked at the replay, it was a penalty. Should it have been called at that point? I don't know the fact that there weren't holding calls throughout the game. But it was the official reacted instinctively. He threw the flag, and that was that. You cannot keep that on your mind. It's it's it did not determine the game. Yes, it could have had an effect on the game, but as I said, there were two plays earlier that had a much greater effect on the game. Merrill, we saw Patrick Mahomes at halftime limping around. Uh, Eagles had a ten point lead. Rihanna was great on stage. I was in an amazing mood. I felt that the Eagles had control of the game. Now I agree with you. Twenty four fourteen certainly would have been better. Twenty eight seven with that uh, touchdown, the fumble, and you know that, that they recovered and returned for a touchdown. But I, I, I'm going back to the other two Super Bowls that I have been part the one against the Patriots in 2005 I felt very unsettled at halftime I felt the Eagles blew an opportunity to take a decided advantage against the Patriots 2018 I felt that that game was going to go down to the wire but I felt the Eagles offense was unstoppable on February 12th I felt that the Eagles were in control of the game then the defense just you know, Patrick Mahomes just did a number. I mean, a great blocking scheme from Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes showed that he was still very mobile, got rid of the football quickly. 
the Kansas City Chiefs went up and down the field against the Eagles. How did you feel at halftime? I felt good, but I, I never feel comfortable. Never. Never comfortable. I felt great, though. I thought, boy, this, this offense is unstoppable. The defense has done such a good job. Dave, I think you do more analysis than I do. I mean, I knew they were up by 10 points, that they were in good shape, but there was a whole other half to be played. And I know I've seen so many things happen, so many games reversed, so many games that look as if you were in total control slip away. I mean, I once upon a time did a Giants game where the Eagles were in such a hole that I said the score at halftime is the Giants 23, the Eagles are still at the hotel. <laughs> and then watch Michael Vick lead them back to miracle number two. So you never know. I never feel that comfortable about an Eagles win. And I never feel that they're out of a game at halftime. How did you recover coming back to Philadelphia? What was your... What was your heart like? What was your head like? What was your body like? It was such a feeling of exhaustion and disappointment. I would say the single greatest feeling is to wake up the morning after the team won a Super Bowl. I remember waking up in gray Minneapolis feeling wonderful. And you will remember when we got on the team plane to go home and sat down, my seat said and your seat yep. said, our names, Super Bowl champions. And then it really sunk in. This is different. The worst feeling is you go through a whole season and you, have, you are the best team in the National Football League. And I still believe, despite the way that game finished, that they were the best team in the National Football League. But the best team doesn't always win. So you have a tremendous letdown. And I bounced back rather quickly. By the time the plane landed in Philadelphia... It was out of my head, and the thought that, thought that I had was this team starts out with one of the brightest young quarterbacks in football, with a wonderful organization, a great coaching staff. This team is going to come back and be competitive again next year. I can't wait. It took me a lot longer than that to bounce back, I'll be honest with you. I was, I was abjectly disappointed, exhausted. I actually fell asleep driving a couple of days later, Ooh. I had just gotten off the phone I, and I quickly just fell asleep, went off the road, hit a, a thankfully only like a, a, a plastic cone oh and then pulled goodness. off. Yeah, I was really scared, then pulled over and took a nap. And then I went to the NFL Combine, the scouting Combine, saw Brett Veach, the Chiefs general manager who used to work here. And I said, hey, Veach, congratulations. He goes, oh, Spuds, if we played three times, I bet the Eagles would have beaten us twice. So I was like, oh, I, I didn't want to hear that. And that goes speaks back to your point that the Eagles, best team, but the best team that day is the one that wins the Super Bowl. Well, yes. In one word, yes, that day. But uh, listen, I'm proud of this team. Absolutely. Uh, and I feel great about the direction of this organization. Of I think they have great decision makers on every level. And honestly, I'm, I'm excited about the draft and what's ahead. I... I get over things rather quickly and move to the next step. Merrill, the next step for the Eagles was to really just get right back up and two new offensive coordinators, a roster that went through free agency, retaining some players, losing some players, adding a bunch of players on one-year deals. Um, you're, you're, let's let's kind of go back and, and look at this a little bit. Retaining Bradbury and Slay, how big a deal has that been, or is that, to this Philadelphia Eagles team? Well, I think it's important. 
You have a veteran secondary that played well last year. Uh, one of the big question marks was whether they would be able to retain Bradbury. And they did. I thought he played outstanding football. Slay is Slay, a big play guy who will come back and, and wow people this year. I just think this is a good, good, solid team. I go. I went into this last year, and I got criticized by some people because I made the statement that the Eagles have no weaknesses. I honestly felt that. I honestly felt that this team, the 2022 Eagles, had no apparent weaknesses. And that turned out to be the truth. There was not one department, not one room that you could say is weak, needs a lot of help. Now, a lot of those addictions came very late, right before the season. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury. And then they picked up along the way guys like uh, Ndamukong Sue and made the moves they had to make as the season progressed. Speaking of James Bradbury, I want to play this interview as he signed his contract, I had a chance to sit up stairs at the NovaCare Complex here in the draft room and talk to James Bradbury about returning to the Eagles. Hi, James. How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. How about you? Great, great. Um, the last time we spoke, it was at your locker. It was a couple days after the Super Bowl, and people were asking you what you wanted. And you said, um, the number has to be good, the roster has to be good, and you wanted to find some stability. Boom, boom, boom. Is that how you feel? All three. Checked all the boxes, and that's why I'm back. What was the process like? It was fun. And, of course, it was pretty um, – I signed on, on day one. You know, I figured out what I was going to do during that uh, tampering period. Um, but, of course, I had some other offers on the table and whatnot, trying to go back and forth, see what what, what was the right fit. Um, the number was around the same number for the most part, so I knew I was going to make, you know, quite a bit of money. Uh, so I wasn't really worried about the money. It ultimately came down to the team. Um, and I feel like the Eagles was the best fit for me as far as team. So this says that 2022 was a really great experience. What was it like for you to be an Eagle last year? Oh, it was really, really fun. You know, we won a lot of games. It was a lot of emotions. Um, played with some great guys. Started some great relationships as far as off the field. Uh, we had great coaches. They took care of us. Um, you know, everything went the right way for the most part. Um, can't complain. I don't really have any complaints about last year other than the fact that, you know, we lost the last one. It, it, it's more than that, though. Like, there's got to be, I'm sure, for you, a, a good feeling in the locker room, a good chemistry in the organization, mm -hmm. a good feel in the city. Did, 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 all, did you feel all those things? Definitely. Um, I think the main thing was that um, the city, you know, they showed a lot of love, um, not, not only on game day, but throughout the week, you know, when I would see fans, you know, out shopping at the restaurants and stuff, you know, they always showed us love. And, of course, I had a lot of respect for the guys that, that have been here for a while as far as Lane, Kelsey, uh, Fletcher, BG, uh, those are all guys that have been part of this organization for a long time. And just seeing how those guys work and also seeing, you know, the effort and the um, the pride they take in taking the field and doing their job um, made me want to rise my, my, my level of play to another level. I remember when you signed here and, and shortly thereafter you said, well, you know, when you join a new team, you never really know how it's going to work out. Was there a point as you kind of look back where you said, hey, this is going to be a great fit? Like in the beginning or like throughout yeah, the year? Yeah, whatever. Whenever, whenever you kind of just like knew that it was that it was right. I mean, I think it was kind of like um, a learning experience. And also it's like kind of like building a house, you know, brick by brick and whatnot. Um, you know, we had the right pieces and whatnot. We had all the, the material. You know, it's just about putting it in, putting it on the, um, the landscape correctly and making sure you get the final piece, 
And I think week by week, you know, we was putting bricks together, putting bricks on bricks and uh, building this house. And, of course, we didn't get the finished product, uh, but we got pretty close. We got pretty close. James, the day that you uh, cleaned out the locker, which is always, I feel like, a very depressing day, when you walked out of the building, did you did it cross your mind that it might be the last time? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I think after the game, you know, it crossed my mind that it could be the last time. Because uh, not, not too many opportunities you get to play on a great team like that and um, also get to play in a Super Bowl. Um, so, yeah, I definitely had that feeling. Do you feel like you're running it back with – the understanding of you know what it now takes to get to the Super Bowl? I think, um, I mean, honestly, of course, I know people talk about, like, what it takes to get to the Super Bowl and how hard it is. It's definitely really, really hard. Uh, but for me, I try to approach every game like it was the same, you know, with the same mentality. Of course, the games get harder once you get to the playoffs because there's more film on you. Uh, the teams might be better. Um, but... I feel like our overall offense and the coaching staff that we have here really put it all together and allowed us to uh, get get to that point. How what, how were those days after the Super Bowl? Tough loss, tough end of the game. Then you go right into free agency. Mm-hmm. Then you have some social media stuff going on. Like, what was it all like for you? Um, it was a lot going on. Of course, we lost, and there was some social media stuff. And um, of course, free agency was approaching. They approached quickly. Um, I just try to keep my mind away from all that stuff, especially the social media stuff. Because um, it was a it was gonna be, it was a lose lose battle if I was to, you know, get into that 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 uh, that social media battle, um, and that's why I, that's how I approached it. I just tried to ignore it and just tried to focus on um, really free agency and free agency kind of handled itself for the most part. Because the hard part is going out there and playing, and um, I was pretty I was pretty relaxed throughout the whole process. So what was the feeling like? The Eagles stepped up. The Eagles showed they wanted you. How did that make you feel? Oh, it made me feel great. You know, uh, feels good anytime you you want it, and of course, uh, to be wanted by a team that you know you play, you tried to play well for. You know, you tried to give a lot of effort for, and of course, it's the last team that I was with. Um, so it show, shows a lot, means a lot, and I'm glad to be back. And now with Slay back, uh, kind of talk about just building together again and building upon what you had year one together. For sure, you know, I'm glad to have Slay back. Uh, he's not only a, a good teammate, but he's also you know a good friend um, off the field, and. Uh, what he brings to the table, I feel like it, it, it helps me. Um, and what I bring to the table kind of helps him. You know, we're, kinda, we're different corners, uh, but I feel like we're both really, really good at what we do. And uh, we're able to match up against certain offenses because, you know, we do different things and we do different things well. And then finally, James, do you feel like you can put some, grow some roots in Philly now? I definitely feel like that. Um, you know, I signed a three-year deal, um, and I feel like um, I'm definitely starting to sow some roots down. Nice. Congrats, man. All right, now I'm back with Merrill Reese, the voice of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Merrill Eagles keeping Brandon Graham. Love it. Fletcher Cox, love it. Jason Kelsey remains. So pieces certainly here. Uh, adding Nicholas Morrow, a linebacker, I think will have a very big impact. Six, a 17-game starter last year with the Bears. Terrell Edmonds comes in after starting mm-hmm. five years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Justin Evans arrives to play safety here after his long bout with an ACL injury. He comes back and plays for the Saints last season. Merrill Penny's the kind of guy who, um, at 200 and, I don't know, 20 or 30 pounds, whatever he plays at, Howie told me that he's a LeGarrette Blunt kind of running back. I know LeGarrette was one, one of, of your favorites. favorites. He was. And this is a different kind of back here who's going to add that downhill element to this Eagles offense. I think he will, too. Uh, The only reservation I have 
goes back to something Buddy Ryan told me years ago. Durability is as important as ability, and he has missed a lot of games. No doubt. No question. And severe injuries, a broken fibula, I believe, last year. He is healthy. Let's keep our fingers crossed that he stays healthy. Merrill, Marcus Mariota comes in as the backup to Jalen Hurts. Years later, do the deal, do the deal. Chip Kelly wasn't able to do the deal back in 2015. How he gets the deal done in 2023. How do you like that combination, Hurts and Mariota? I hope we never get to see Marcus Mariota. I, I hope that we get to see him in the preseason, and I hope to see him in games that are already decided late in the games. I want Jalen Hurts for 17 games. So you wouldn't consider a package maybe for Mariota in some instances? No. I think you have the total package in Jalen Hurts. I don't think there's anything that Jalen Hurts can't do. Okay. But just as a quarterback, Marcus coming into Philadelphia. I think it's it's a good opportunity to have depth in that area. Depth with a quarterback who can do many of the same things in the offense that Jalen Hurts does so beautifully. Very good stuff. Uh, So the Eagles come into this draft, Merrill. I don't know what your thoughts are. Do you think that that they've done enough to the roster? Beefing up the defensive line, adding, uh, look, we we expect N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis to have significant roles this year. Cam Juergens ready to step up. Do you feel like the Eagles have done enough to pretty much kind of like plug up any holes so that you're not drafting quote unquote a out of a need out of a reach kind of feel in 2023 in this NFL draft if you're asking me do I think they ought to take a running back Bijan Robinson with the first pick that they have my answer is no I like the way this team seems to build from the lines on out I think that's very important I think running backs have short shelf lives. I mean, I don't know that Bijan Robinson is as good as Saquon Barkley was when he came out of Penn State. And I don't think the Giants have gotten the kind of value they had hoped from Saquon Barkley. He's had injuries. He's missed a lot of games. Running backs have short shelf lives. But um, I don't, I, I would not go that direction. I would go one of the lines, offense or defensive or edge rusher, which is technically a linebacker. The additions the Eagles have made here, Kentavious Street, defensive lineman, Terrell Edmonds, safety, Justin Evans, safety, Nicholas Morrow, linebacker, Marcus Mariota, quarterback, Greedy Williams, cornerback, Rashad Penny, running back. So that's what the Eagles have done to add players in this free agency period. All right, now let's talk about the draft, and we will get to head coach Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman. Merrill, you've got some uh, notes in front of you. Uh, decipher that chicken scratch for me, please. Well, the, the first name I have up there, I don't think is going to be available at to 10, the Eagles. At 10, you're talking at about. At 10. Okay. At 10, and that would be Jalen Carter. Okay. Great defensive tackle from the University of Georgia. I know that this is a player that they have to do what is called due diligence on because there have been some issues that have come to light. But my feeling is... If they come up sound and satisfied that these issues are not going to deter him from having a great career, so will other teams. And I don't think he will be drafted at 10. I think you have got to move. I think with this draft, there are going to be four quarterbacks 
at least three, but probably four quarterbacks drafted before the Eagles get the pick, which to me means the Eagles will have five or six choices out there who represent the best non-quarterbacks in the entire draft. They will find somebody to fall in love with. Now, I don't know that Jalen Hurts, uh, Jalen uh, Carter will be available to them, but there are other people out there. There are some edge rushers. I think Will Anderson will also be gone. But boy, if they could get a Will Anderson from Alabama, he's a sensational player. I also like Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson is a 6'5", 272-pound edge rusher from Texas Tech. He can do a lot of things. He can move inside. He can move outside. I think he's a great player. I like Nolan Smith, the edge rusher linebacker from Georgia. I think he is an exceptional player. Now, they may say... There are a couple of offensive linemen out there who could fill the bill. And we know that Lane Johnson has said that he probably has two years left. Going into this draft, Paris Johnson, who reportedly has been here for a visit, big offensive lineman from Ohio State, Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, and one I also like, going back to, to Georgia, which seems to be the Eagles' favorite school lately, Broderick Jones, another great offensive lineman. So any one of those guys would really make me happy. Now, a little bit later, there are corners that one of them could be available at 30, and I like Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State. You know, I watch Penn State a lot, and he certainly has the right pedigree, uh, his dad, of great player with the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I like Joey Porter Jr. I think he can make an impact very quickly. Is that your list of, of players? Are you are, is, are you going on the record saying these are, if the Eagles pick one of those players, uh, they will have made a very strong draft pick? Yes. Yeah, I, and I can throw a couple of other sure, names out I want to hear all of them. I can give you Lucas Van Ness, pass rusher from Iowa, Miles Murphy from Clemson. I'd certainly put them in there. Merrill, what about the idea of trading out of 10? I don't think it's going to happen only because of what I mentioned earlier. The fact that there will be five or six players who are the best players in the country who are available because of the four quarterbacks that will go before they draft. And the Eagles certainly have no need for a quarterback or no inclination to take one. So I say if... Look, you never know if there's a player that Howie deems we at at 12 or at 13 that he is sure will be there, and they have a chance to make an up a, a, a pick at 10 uh, to trade 10 and get extra draft picks and move to 12 or 13 and still get the guy that he wanted all along, then that's a different story. But I don't think, for the most part, you take that chance. You take one of these guys at 10. Do you have any thoughts on pick number 30? Uh, well, I just did in the fact that okay. you might be able to get a safety like Joey Porter. Joey Porter, I, cornerback, uh, Brian Branch, safety. Well, I, I love Brian Branch because he can be a corner or he can be a slot corner or he can be a safety. I mean, the Alabama star is outstanding. I'd be very happy with him. I don't think he'll be there at 30. Um, I look at this team, Merrill. You tell me if you agree. Running back. Miles Sanders no longer here. Kenny Gainwell stepping up. Boston Scott retained. Um, we'll see Trey Sermon, see if he takes that next step. Rashad Penny. Do you see a need at running back? 
on this roster? Uh, no, but it wouldn't shock me to see them pick a running back uh, when once you get deeper into the draft. And there are some out there other than uh, B. John Robinson. I mean, I, I don't know at 30 if Jamar Gibbs from Alabama would be there. But if you if you feel that you need depth or another impact running back, if he's there at 30, it certainly wouldn't be a bad pick. But there are others that you could get later in the middle rounds. I like Zach Charbonneau, running back from UCLA. I like Devin Achain from Texas A&M. Uh, he's a good running back. There's a guy you could get late, and he, he gets compared all the time to Darren Sproles. But we know there's only one Darren Sproles. But that's Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State, who's 5'6", if he's standing on his toes, and 190 pounds. But he's now you see him, now you don't. All-purpose back. Merrill, uh, okay, let's talk another position. Wide receiver, Philadelphia Eagles. We know that A.J. Brown, we know that Devontae Smith, they will be the starters. Quez Watkins is here as your number three. Britton Covey returns as well. Uh, we'll see if Devin Allen develops in his second year back from his track and field career. Do you see the Eagles needing a wide receiver? They've lost Zach Paschal in free agency. Uh, what, do you, uh, what do you make of that position? Well, you might want somebody to challenge Quez Watkins, who is not coming off a great year. And there are a couple that might be out there for them. Uh, there's one from Purdue, Charlie Jones, who had over 100 receptions. And there's one from Iowa State, Xavier Hutchinson. Okay. Uh, offensive line, we've kind of talked about it. Obviously, with Isaac Sayamalo leaving, right guard is a question mark at this point. Possibility that Cam Jurgens moves from center to guard. Jack Driscoll is also here. Sua Opeta. Eagles in good shape there. Would they draft a lineman high and move him to guard in the short term? Is that what you see at 10 with one of the players that you mentioned? Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, um, and then the kid from Georgia. Well, if, if they get... Paris Johnson or Peter Skaronsky, they've almost got to have an opportunity to play right away. Anything else on offense? Uh, tight end, you feel good about the tight oh, ends positively. here? Positively. Okay. I'm not worried about tight end. Um, so then that, that's kind of the offense. Now, is the rest of the draft you see, Merrill, mostly defensive-oriented? Do you believe N'Kobe Dean comes in and takes that next step? I do. I do. I think he's the kind of person and athlete who will succeed. He will will himself to succeed. And he's got a lot of intelligence. Any other players on your list, Merrill, that you'd like to mention, perhaps on the defensive side of the ball? Well, I, th I think I've mentioned there are some safeties out there. There's Chris Smith from Georgia. Uh, he is interesting. There is J.L. Skinner from Boise State. And there's another safety from Penn State, and that would be Jaron Brown. Uh, he's somebody who could become a good pick. Okay. I don't I would I would love to offer a, a analysis. I, as you know, I do not profess to be a draft expert. Uh, it is not I, I watch a lot of college football. Yeah, I know you do. I do. And I usually have a, a pen pen with me. Do you have a favorite player in the draft who may or may not be an Eagle? Anybody out there at all? Oh boy, that's that's tough to say. I mean I, I think some of these people I mentioned are fourteen karat gold stars. Great stars. I mean, I, I think that uh, Jalen Carter, if, and, and that's not being, uh, taking a great shot, but if, if I think that Jalen Carter 
is the single greatest talent in this draft, can make the biggest impact if the heart is there. Merrill Reese, getting ready for season number 47. Woo! Uh, So glad to see you. We're going to now switch over to Nick Sirianni, Howie Roseman, meeting the media. Merrill Reese, thank you so much, and I'll see you on draft weekend. Can't wait. Let's now turn to the press conference held by Howie Roseman and head coach Nick Sirianni on Thursday here at the NovaCare Complex. It was a a very wide-ranging affair that topics touching on the new Jalen Hurts contract, the Eagles' philosophy in the draft, and what to do with the 10th overall selection. And let's start right there, because Roseman talked about at number 10, what are you looking for? Well, certainly the Eagles want to bring in a player, should they draft at that position, who's going to make an impact. I think the most important thing when when you're picking um, in the first round, certainly when you're picking 10, is that you get a unique player. And I think that there's uh, so few unique players in any draft that if you start picking by position and not based on uh, the quality of the talent, um, then you really you, you get a chance. So if you pick by position and you pick a, bad, a player who's not any good, then it's not a good pick anyway. And so I think the most important thing for for us here is that we get uh, we utilize this opportunity to get a unique player uh, for our team. You know, certainly not planning to be picking at this point in the near future. That doesn't mean you know obviously things happen, and but we're not planning for that. And so we understand how important it is um, to get this right. And how do you get it right? Is you make sure you you get a unique player. And so. Um, I think that if you start saying, hey, we can only get a unique player, but it's got to be this position, um, you really narrow your options uh, right there. And so um, just trying to be as open-minded as possible about what that looks like and making sure that um, whoever we pick is somebody that we think um, can really impact the game. Roseman also answering a question about the idea that teams around the league or perhaps media – and fans would know what the Eagles are thinking right now. Roseman laughed that off, right? Because how could you possibly know what picks one through nine are going to do and what the teams after number 10 are going to do? Roseman said right now, it is simply a guessing game. Nobody has any idea what we're going to do. Um, I know that. Um, and so for me to think that there's actually people in this league um, talking to people and saying, hey, I'm going to draft this guy at, at 10, but don't tell anyone, you know? Like, this this is a, a huge game of poker, right? And all you want to affect is the outcome of your desired results. So, um, you know, am I going to give you guys any answers today? No, not even a little bit. Um, but... I think the reality of it is anyone who's sitting there and saying, hey, I know exactly what's going to happen at pick 11 or pick 12 or pick 6 or 20, it's all a guess. And I promise you when we come here next Thursday night um, late and uh, Nick walks in and says – you know, something like fire up or yells at all you guys like, you know, he yells at me sometimes Um, (laughs) in a positive way – you guys will have probably five or six times when a pick when when uh, the commissioner announces a pick go whoa, 
because at the end of the day, everyone sees things differently. Just like everyone sees uh, people differently, everyone sees food differently. The things that we're seeing that we think are so clear and so transparent to another team are totally opposite. And that's what makes the draft kind of fun. You know, like you see things and you go there and you go, there's no way that everyone's not going to see the first 10 picks exactly how we see them. And there will be a difference of opinion. And uh, that's what that's what's really interesting and unique about the draft process. We know the Eagles have picks 10 and 30 in round number one. They have six picks overall. And certainly you want to bring in superstars all the time, right? Superstars. But sometimes hitting doubles and triples, Roseman says, is just as good. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, along the way that uh, my process um, has changed, um, ho- hopefully, I-, I think for the better, but certainly the results will determine that. Uh, and I think really the, the big part of it is is including every part uh, of the information. And I think that my my biggest mistakes have been when, I, I, you know, you're kind of stubborn about something that you, you see and not looking at – um, you know, you got to look at, you know, why will this fail? Why won't this work? As opposed to all, all the, you know, we want to be glass half full uh, evaluators here, but you got to also look at like what what is right in front of you that says this may not work out. And um, how do you do that? Well, uh, you obviously, you got the subjective stuff, which is, you know, watching the tape and, and grading the player. You have the objective stuff, which is the testing. Um, you have the psychological stuff, which is a big part. And um, we got a great group here, you know, a tremendous group of, of people who, who help with that. Um, and then you, you got really the team building, the resource allocation part of it. And so I think, um, one of the things I'm very fortunate is I get to hear all that information and I, and obviously the coaches are part, uh, of the subjective stuff. So I'm not, not including them on that and how they're used. So when you, you put those factors together, you know, um, it really, it, it helps you make better decisions. Again, we're talking about 21, 22, there are going to be mistakes. We know, we know the rates on that. But we're just we're just trying to make as good of decisions as we possibly can, and sometimes um, sometimes it, it pays to take chances. You know whether it's incredible tools in the bo- in their body to to become elite players, um, but sometimes it's also okay. You know I, I've I've had this new you know out of respect for the Phillies, you know go Phillies um, is is like you can score a lot of runs when you hit a lot of doubles. You know, and um, my kids are all playing baseball, so I must be in a little baseball moment right there. But um, you, so I think that's okay. You know, like you don't always have to swing for the fences. Um, and I think if you keep hitting doubles, you keep rounding the bases, you keep scoring runs, you keep building a really good football team. As for the Hurts contract, Roseman crediting the Eagles' internal negotiating team as well as Hurts' team for getting the deal done in such a timely and productive fashion. Yeah, I think you got to give tremendous credit to Jalen, um, Nicole Lynn, um, the people internally, um, Jake Rosenberg, Bryce Johnson, um, really just the, the, the way that uh, everyone kind of had made an effort to do this in a way that uh, was really win-win. Um, I think it's a heck of a deal uh, for Jalen. I think it's a heck of a deal for the Eagles. And um, I, I think those are those are really the best kind of deals. And and Really, when I think about uh, Jalen coming here, uh, there's so many people deserve a, a lot of credit for where we are right now. It starts with Jalen and his work ethic and his determination. Um, from the first day we drafted him, he had he had a vision of what kind of player he's going to be, and then 
um, just everyone who's been has been around him, who's rallied around him, and um, it, it's it's a great story. Um, we're certainly not at the end of the story. I think we're really at the beginning of the story, but um, just really excited about doing this together with him and having him uh, a part of this team and, and having that done in a, in a way that, that really uh, worked out well for both sides. Look, from a football standpoint, we know this means a lot to the Eagles. Hertz will be in his system for the third straight season. He's got an excellent supporting cast around him. Merrill, I know you're thrilled that he is here for the long term. Nick Sirianni talking about the best of Jalen Hurts. Unbelievably, after 374 yards in the Super Bowl, four touchdowns in that game, an, an MVP finalist last year, the best is yet to come? Sirianni thinks so. You know, that's, that's our job is to do that. Um, and like I said to Bo, like, we're going to continue to do things. We'll have new wrinkles next year, obviously. We're going to figure out ways to do the things that we've done better. Um, the way how we can coach him better, how we can get our guys in position to make the plays better, um, and we'll and we'll grow on the scheme that we've had and to maximize uh, Jalen's um, ability. But make no mistake about it, that's our job, right, to do those things. Jalen, the reason Jalen's in this position where he's signed this, you know, big contract is the fact that I've said this a million times. Nobody knows what Jalen Hurts' ceiling is. Why? Because he loves football, right? He's tough. He has high football. He has high football IQ, right? And so the guys that have those things, and he's competitive, right? The guys that have those things tend to reach their ceiling. So he's just going to continue to rise, and and so he's going. He's a big part of this too because he's, uh, you know, no man suddenly becomes different than his cherished thoughts and habits. He's going to continue to do the things he's done, uh, you know, to this date because that's who he is, right? And and that will do it for what we heard from Nick and from Howie at the press conference. A couple of other notes here are extra points, some personnel additions. The Eagles announcing on Thursday that they have agreed to terms with wide receiver Olamide Zacchaeus, who, a Philadelphia kid, played his football at St. Joe's Prep, his college football at the University of Virginia, was signed by the Atlanta Falcons after the 2019 NFL draft and has gotten better and better and better. Last year, 40 catches, 533 yards, three touchdowns. Good after the catch numbers. Ranked 20th in the league in that category. Uh, he's on the rise. He's not a big guy. 5'8", 5'9", 193 pounds. Averaged 4.8 yards after the catch last season. 20th best in the league. He'll move around the wide receiver formations. Can play inside, can play outside. Better on the inside. Eagles really feel like they maybe got themselves a gem here late in the free agency period. All right, some coaching updates for you in our extra point. Promotions. DK McDonald is now the team's defensive backs coach. Kevin Petullo is now the pass game coordinator and associate head coach. Tyler Scudder is now the team's assistant linebackers coach. Additions. Mike D'Angelo has been named the team's defensive quality control coach. Tavar Johnson, the team's assistant defensive backs coach. Ronnell Williams, the team's Nichols coach. Tyler Yelk, the team's assistant to the head coach. So uh, very interesting stuff there. The Eagles also saying that they are trending toward adding former 
New England Patriots longtime defensive assistant and a defensive mastermind and Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia to the team's defensive staff. That'll do it for this extra point in this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thank you so much for joining us here, Merrill. Thank you for joining. As always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you during the draft next weekend. Thanks to Kira Mahoney and Peter Kelly for their great work here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. And of course, thanks to all of you for joining each and every episode. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro at the Novacare Complex, where one week away from the NFL Draft. Can't wait till it all starts on April 27th. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!